here. How was everybody? Did everybody get a little rest, a little break uh, in between? Yeah? Anything cool happened yet? I promise somebody told me this this morning, and it really encouraged me that this was going to be the best Sunday that they've experienced yet this year. So it's going to be, there's a lot of hope for how awesome it's going to be. A lot of hope, a lot of hope. But I am excited. I hope that uh, maybe you're like me. I'm kind of wired to be a constant evaluator. I don't know why God made me that way, but I'm thankful that he did. And uh, as I move into new seasons, I'm always uh, evaluating the last season. I'm trying to think through kind of what happened in my life. I'm sitting and reflecting on what God did or how I grew or what things changed or what needs to be a new direction for this season, how I need to grow. All these different things come to mind as I'm thinking about new seasons. And, and it's something that God really laid on my heart for this morning for us. It's January 1st. I think it's a great time for all of us uh, to begin to pray together and to consider what God might be calling us into in this next season. Each one of us and us holistically as a church. Uh, it's a great time to just reflect to pray and to ask God to speak to us. So we're going to be opening up the word uh, this morning in that. But I wanted to start uh, this morning by sharing a little bit uh, about my story. Uh, I'm Robbie. I'm one of the pastors here. If you don't know me, I'm usually the guy standing behind a guitar on Sunday mornings uh, leading worship, uh, not standing in a jacket preaching. But I'm excited to be able to do that this morning. Um, But I wanted to share a little bit about my story with you. A story that, that always comes to mind when I'm thinking about new seasons and God moving me into new places. About uh, almost 10 years ago now, I uh, went through a really crazy season in life. Uh, God uh, allowed me to walk through it faithfully, and he was good. But I went through this season uh, really where I was at a, a crossroads of apathy in my life in a lot of ways. I had been praying for some big things for several years in my life. Uh, my dad uh, was very sick for a long time, and I had been praying that God would heal him. And I didn't see God answer that prayer in that way. Uh, I uh, was actually, I was married very young. And uh, the woman that I was married to decided uh, that she didn't want to be married anymore. And I was praying very hard for a long time that God would save our marriage. That God would help her to be content or find him uh, during that season. And, and didn't see God answer that prayer in that way. I'd been praying because uh, I, I went through a season where I lost a job. All this going on at the same time. I went from being a two-income household to a one-income household and was looking at losing my house. All these things were going on. Uh, I was really at a season where I was doubting that the Lord was actually working in my life. Um, just personally, also there, I was at a crisis of being. Uh, I shared just a second ago, I had lost my job. I had always thought that God had uh, positioned me and, and called me uh, to do things with music and really gifted me that way and wanted to pursue that my whole life and uh, saw God take that away from me. I really is at a point of a lot of burnout in my life and a lot of transference and change anyways. But I was really at a crisis where I was saying, God, not only do I not think that you're answering my prayers, but I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what's going on in my life. Uh, and I was at uh, all the while, the corner of calling. I, I hope maybe we had those slides. Barrett would really appreciate my alliteration there, I think. So I wanted to make sure, make sure he heard that on the recording. But really, at the corner of calling, I was at a place where God was breaking down things in my life, allowing me to be broken down so that I would be ready to hear from him. And I think as we think about new seasons, that's the place a lot of us wind up. Whether it's just the start of a new year or some, a new season for us begins in the middle of the year, a lot of times these new seasons will start with these things. Maybe a, a crisis of being, not understanding your position in the world anymore, things that you had believed for a long time to be true, not coming true. You're at a crossroads of apathy, 
a place where you just don't see God working. You're desperate to see God working, but you, you haven't heard a word from him yet, or you're waiting for him to do something. And maybe you're at all along the corner of calling. You're at a place where God is really getting ready to do something great in your life. Uh, for me, that, that's the beginning of the story that I'm going to share in bits and pieces with you all this morning about my story. But I really think it parallels in ways, uh, and we can learn a lot, from the scripture this morning. So we're going to look at the passage uh, uh, from Joshua chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 17. If you want to go ahead and open your Bibles there to that passage. Now, what's going on here, just to set a little bit of context for us, uh, in a lot of ways, the nation of Israel was at a place that followed uh, those three things. They were at that uh, crisis of being, crossroads of apathy, and they were ready and in a place where they were ready to see God do something. He was positioning them for that. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, right before the beginning of the book of Joshua, what you see is Moses has passed away. He dies. Uh, The leader of the nation of Israel, the man that God had used to bring them uh, out into the desert, out of slavery and captivity, and guiding them towards the promised land. But he wasn't the man that God would use to bring them into the promised land, but he was a great leader that the nation of Israel had just lost. So think about that. They're in a place without leadership. And then you see in Joshua chapter 1, God anoints Joshua to be the next leader of the nation of Israel. It calls him out. He anoints him and steps him up uh, to be the next leader of the nation of Israel to lead them into the promised land. And then God uses in Joshua chapter 2, right before the passage we're going to look at today, he uses Joshua uh, to remind them of God's calling on their life and then also to bring about a a renewed sense of unity and togetherness as they would move into the promised land. So you see the nation of Israel is really on the cusp of what God is calling them into in the next season. And that brings us to our passage for the day in Joshua chapter 3. And I just want to go ahead And read that for us this morning. Starting in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they uh, they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of the three days, the officers went throughout the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests... Then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Don't come near it in order that you may know the way you should go. For you have not passed this way before. And then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, 
And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant from before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all, all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, uh, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down towards the Sea of Ariba, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite of Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Wow. <laughs> it's an amazing story. Maybe you've read that story before. Uh, it really amazes me. Uh, the nation of Israel being poised and ready to see God work and God offering them and bringing them deliverance as he promised. I, I really want us this morning uh, to just take a minute before we continue and pray. Uh, I shared a little bit of my story with you and some things that happened uh, before God brought me into a new season. And God brings us time and time again into new seasons. And I'll continue to share about that. But I want you to ask God this morning to evaluate your heart and maybe begin to speak to you about this past year and maybe begin to speak to you about maybe, maybe you come in this morning with a heart of bitterness or a heart of readiness or a heart of joy and anticipation. I just want you to begin to ask God and the Holy Spirit this morning to speak to you as we explore more through the word what it is that he's calling you to into this next season. So let's all take a second and just pray together, and then we'll continue in the Word. Father, we're needy for you this morning. Uh, we come in, God, in so many different places. And the amazing thing about your power, your spirit, your person, is that you meet us all uniquely. God, I don't know what it is you're calling us to individually, what it is that you're calling us to corporately, but you do. Father, and we rest in that, God. We're at a moment in our lives or in the season, like the nation of Israel, where we're poised and we're ready to cross God, into the promises that you've prepared for us. And Father, we just need, God, need for you to speak to us. God, would you reveal your will for us this morning through your word and through your spirit. And Father, would we just be surrendered to you to say yes. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about three things this morning that I think we can see in this passage um, that God wants to share with us. Uh, three things that I think, for me, help build a framework for how to move into new seasons. And as I shared with y'all before, how God would eventually move me out of the season that I was in of despair and frustration. The first is God wants us to seek 
his direction. So we're supposed to seek God's direction. You can see that in that passage starting in verses 1 through 4. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, and he, of, and he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of the three days, officers went throughout the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. And don't come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. I think this uh, passage, it's easy to skip over in the beginning of the chapter here. But I think it's really relevant for us today and very important. If you uh, remember maybe uh, from back in the book of Numbers, when God gave instructions to the nation of Israel for how they were to carry uh, the Ark of the Covenant out ahead of them. Uh, Numbers 4 talks about that. It kind of gives all the instructions for how the ark is supposed to be transported, how it's supposed to be moved from place to place, as well as lays out all the artifacts that are going to be inside of the ark of the covenant. And I, and I think a lot of times, like, maybe if you're, I don't want to use the Indiana Jones reference twice in this sermon because I've got one planned for later, but if you're like me, the ark of the covenant can seem this, like, fanciful kind of thing, you know? Um, but I think we've got to view it and remember it in light of how God meant it to be viewed by his people. The Ark of the Covenant represented the power and the presence of God among his people. It held within it God's law. It held within it the Ten Commandments, the actual artifacts. It held within it and represented to the people God's provision with the jars of manna that it held inside. It held and showed God's deliverance to his people because it held inside of it Aaron's staff, which God would use to let Moses part the Red Sea and do signs and miracles in front of Pharaoh. So you've got to think all these things are on in the people's head and on their heart when they're thinking about the Ark of the Covenant passing in front of them and going before them into a new land. And most importantly, I believe, for us and for them, it represented God's justice and forgiveness for sin um, because it was a place that the priests would go into and offer the blood offering for the forgiveness of sin for the nation of Israel once a year. It's a place where the mercy seat rested, and God literally would come and dwell with the people. And so the Ark of the Covenant for us today, let's not, let's not get a wrong perspective of what it represents, but let's have the right one, that it represents the presence of God going before his people into a new place. I remember, uh, just continuing with my story, um, God... Uh, began to move me out of uh, the season that I was in uh, and move me into a new season. And he used this church in a lot of ways to do that. Uh, God called me here, uh, led me here literally about uh, a little over six years ago now uh, to come down on Sundays and just help lead worship. And uh, it was great because it was the first opportunity that I had to kind of serve the church again. And God was calling me back in ways to himself. And it was an open door to do that. It was the beginning of restoration. And I remember uh, my friend that called me uh, to, to come down and lead worship here and just kind of see about this church. I'd always grown up in the suburbs, and so downtown Memphis was kind of this like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if you want to live down there. That's scary. No. Um, but I heard about this church on Mud Island, and uh, I'd known about it previously, and God brought me down here to, 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 
to lead worship for a couple Sundays and eventually to, to come here and to, to be here. Um, and it was really the beginnings of God's direction for my life, of God like giving me a new purpose, of giving me new direction. But I didn't know it at that time. All I knew was I was coming down to this church of like 30 people that met at the Montessori school. And it was people that spoke tons of different languages and did tons of different things. And I just remember thinking, God, what are you doing? What, why are you telling me to come down here and, and be a part of this church? It doesn't make any sense, but it was what the Lord was saying. Like, there's no doubt in my heart and in my mind that God, literally, I've often prayed, Lord, like, make me sick if I'm not doing something that I'm supposed to do or make me sick if I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to do because I'm so dense sometimes in the head that I I don't listen when God is telling me to do something. But literally, God was saying, come here, be a part of this this church, plant your life here and do life with these people. And I, I didn't know what that meant at that time. It had a lot of different implications for me. For me, it was just about leading worship on Sunday morning at the time and having an outlet to do music again. I had since that season that I lost my job. It was about a year later. Uh, God had given me the opportunity to start a business and do some other things. And so I was really beginning to kind of make this new identity or put together my, get out of my crisis of being, I guess, and, and relearn who I was um, a little bit. And God was kind of using all these different pieces to move me somewhere. And at the time, I thought that that was the end of the journey. You know, I'm like the nation of Israel camped out on the shores of the, of the Jordan, where you think that that might be the end of the journey for now. And the Lord was showing me it was only the beginning of what he was calling me into in the next season. And uh, just continue to position that and think about that. Um, for me, that was huge in understanding that God was giving me direction and calling me. And as I would follow him, I would find him as I sought his direction. Today, as we think about moving into new season, uh, let's first look to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Desiring as true disciples of Christ to follow after our master, looking to Jesus and realizing that he desires to move us into places that, like he said here earlier in the chapter, that we have not been before. So let us not be a people who just move into a new season and and do it all about the things that we think, you know, we're supposed to be about in this season or the decisions that we're supposed to make or the directions that we're supposed to go, the life choices that we make. But let us be people who would look first to the Lord's direction and his leading in each season uh, and follow after him into places that we have not known. I think about verses like Psalm 119, starting in verse 33 through 40. Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant the promise that you may be feared and turn away reproach that I dread for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts and your righteousness. Give me life. How do we follow God's direction in new seasons? How do we seek after him? We pray prayers like that. God, teach me your ways that I might walk in your truth. Deuteronomy 4.29, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek after him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. 
and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Seek the Lord's direction in this next season. I've got some questions up here on the screen. I think I want to invite you to just ask these questions of yourself and of the Lord. God, where are you leading me next in this new season? God, is my life being directed by Christ or by me? And am I even experiencing God's leading in my life? I think those three questions are really helpful for a person that's about to move into a new season. Instead of just moving in on your own accord or of your own will or of your own ideas and beliefs about what this next season of life is supposed to look like for you, first begin with a heart that desires God's leading. That's what he wants of us. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people that will look to him as he passes into new lands that we do not yet know. And my encouragement to us is as we ask ourselves these questions and ask the Lord these questions of our life, that we would look to him, that we would begin to have a heart of prayer that says, God, teach me, show me where you're leading me. Because I realize in my humility, I can't do it without you. I haven't passed this way before. I need your direction. Secondly, seek God's preparation. So we've got seek God's direction and now seek God's preparation. In verse 5, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves. Uh, I, I love that idea in scripture. It's really beautiful. It comes from earlier in Exodus 29, where the Lord has given instructions to the priests about how they're g- supposed to go in and make sin offerings for the people in the tabernacle. Um, and, and then Joshua's saying this, and you see this word consecrate appear other places in scripture. And really the idea is to make pure or holy before the Lord. And so you would see the priests go through this ritual cleansing of washing with water, and then they would uh, anoint themselves with oil. And then they would anoint and their clothing. They would wear special clothing in before the Lord to make sacrifice. And they would anoint their clothing first with blood, offering a sacrifice for their own behalf before they offered a sacrifice on behalf of the people. You see all these different steps that the priests would take to make themselves pure and holy before they walked into the presence of of the Lord. All these exercises merely represented the Lord's purity upon them. Purity that one day would come through the sacrifice and the cleansing of Jesus. And so today when we think about that word consecrate, as we're thinking about God's preparation on our lives for a new season, when we think about consecrating ourselves, I think it's so important to be in a place with the Lord where we are set apart under the banner of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice first for our sins and our life, and then through the gateway of repentance. Oftentimes, moving into new seasons means we need to get our hearts right before the Lord. God wants to set us apart before he's ready to move us in to a new season. And in our lives, that means taking time to spend with the Lord, asking God to cleanse us, asking God to help us realize the sin in our hearts, the things that we've chosen apart from him, and asking God to restore us. That the blood of Christ once and for all over our lives covers us when we trust and believe on him, when we confess and we repent, but that each day and into each new season when we're walking into it with the Lord, 
that we would ask God anew to reveal the things in our hearts and our lives that we have chosen apart from him and that we would walk in purity and in holiness along with him into the new season. Consecrate yourselves. And then secondly, under preparation, listen to God's instruction. Verses 6 through 13 says, And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went on before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. And behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of his feet, uh, the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. And the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters down, the waters coming down from above shall stand in one Lots of instructions there for Joshua uh, to lead the people of Israel to. Um, I think a lot of times in our lives, in my life, speak for me, it's easy to move into a new season without looking to God's direction or looking for the Lord's instruction. Um, God has outlined many specific ways that he calls us to live, he calls us to walk. He's offered us many insights uh, into his will for our lives through his word. And a lot of times we just don't take time to look. It, it's interesting for me that the faith um, here with Joshua and the nation of Israel. Remember, this is the generation uh, coming after their parents' generation, which wandered around in the desert for 40 years because they weren't obedient to the Lord in the first place to move in again, based on his previous instruction, to move into the land that God had promised. So they wandered around in the desert, and then that generation had died off. And now we have this new generation that's ready to enter into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. Now these children, remember the the at this time, the, the works that the Lord had done, crossing over the Red Sea and seeing the miracles or hearing of the miracles of Pharaoh, might seem more like stories than reality to their lives. Um, they might seem like faraway ideas and easy ideas not to have faith in, not to hear, hear the word of the Lord again and be obedient to it, but to just think like and doubt like their parents did, oh God, maybe you won't deliver on the things that you promise and that you instruct me in this time around again. But yet, of course, we know that the Lord is faithful, that he does this. But I think so many times in our lives, we choose to be ignorant of the things that God has laid out before us in his word. We hold out for some miraculous sign, and we're not obedient to the things that God has already told us. The nation of Israel at this time, they would have known that the Lord had promised to make them a great peoples and that he had prepared for them a land, that he would set them apart, that he would give to them over this land that had many foes in it, that seemed like strong enemies and all these other things, that God has told them that he would be faithful. They had heard these things, but yet the generation before them did not believe. It's so important for us to go to God's word 
It's so important for us to look at the things that the Lord has already instructed us in and to walk into those things with faith and with obedience as God calls us. An appropriate verse for this passage and this, uh, this line of thinking is Romans 15.4. For whatever is written in the former days was written for our instruction, that, throughout, uh, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We can't hope to walk in the direction that the Lord has prepared for us if we're not walking according to his instruction. I said I wasn't going to use two Indiana Jones references, uh, but I'm going to anyways because it's, I don't know, it's just that season. There are reruns on TV, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Indiana Jones in the, the uh, Last Crusade, you might be familiar with that one. So uh, towards the end of the movie, Indy's in the, Indy, I'll just even call him that, you know, like we're on a first name basis or something. Uh, Indiana Jones is, is in the, uh, I don't know where it is, like Malta or somewhere like that that he is. But anyways, he's in this place that supposedly the relic, Holy Grail, is, is supposed to lie. And he's got this uh, set of instructions and directions in his head from some research he did earlier in the movie that, uh, that is going to get him there. So he's got to go through these three trials. And one is like there's this huge rock that's rolling down in front of him, and he's got to do this specific thing. And one is uh, about prayer and penitence or something like that, and that it's these like razor uh, blades are like coming out and he's supposed to kneel and do these different things. And then one, he gets to this place and he can't remember the specific instruction. And you see Sean Connery, who's his dad, like, he's like, oh man, I forgot to tell him this. It's like, thanks dad, you know, wish he would have said that but uh, before I got in this. But anyways, he gets to this bridge that he's got to cross and he finally remembers like the, the specific instructions. But the point of this illustration, and it, it's silly, but I think it's true to our lives that oftentimes like, we are rebellious people. We choose to walk outside of instruction because we either don't know it or we choose to not walk in it. And uh, I just my encouragement to us is to remember the instruction of the Lord, that there is guarantee from the Lord that we will avoid many snares and traps and pitfalls in our lives and as we walk into new season, if we'll walk according to his instruction. Uh, I, uh, just to continue sharing uh, from my own story too, uh, there was, this is, uh, this is just one of the biggest markers in my life of the Lord moving me into a new season. And so I'd come out of my season of despair, my season of apathy, my season of crisis. God had moved me into this new season. He had given me a successful business to lead. Um, he was making it more successful and giving me the opportunity to lead in some greater ways here at the church. And uh, it was really a season that God started calling me to ministry. Uh, I never thought uh, really that I would uh, pastor, that I would ever uh, serve. I, I thought that I would kind of serve the church in some different ways, but uh, never pastor. And uh, God started really moving me towards uh, pastoring and greater leadership, spiritual care in the church. Uh, and uh, I kind of thought, all right, God, thank you. This is awesome. Like, Lord, you've uh, put me in a good place. Like, I'm out of a bad season. I'm into a good season. This is fantastic. And it's oftentimes in a good season that the Lord will call you into a new season too. So I don't want you to just think it begins in despair and you move into a new season. A lot of times it's in a good season that God will call you on to something even greater. Um, But for me, I remember, oh gosh, I remember uh, at that time I was working probably, it was part-time at the church and I was really uh, getting uh, my source of income from the business that I was running and God was just really providing through that and gave me opportunity to hire several people and, and minister to them and allow them to do other things and God had just given me this vision for what this new season of my life was supposed to be about. 
And uh, I remember I was on, uh, one day I was folding clothes in my bedroom. I'll never forget this. And it's, it's just crazy. Uh, I do fold clothes. That's not crazy. Um, but I was uh, folding clothes in my bedroom. And um, I was really in this place where I was trying to figure out, God, what, what's next? What are you calling me into next? And I'd been praying for several weeks about it. And I'd had several uh, mentors in my life. Uh, through a couple years of discipleship, say, hey, I feel like I see this in you. I know that you don't see this in you. I see this in you. I think God is calling you to this. And uh, my heart is resistant so many times to, to the surrender that is necessary to walk in the will of the Lord. And uh, just remember thinking, God, wh- how do I do this now? Like, that, no, obviously you've given me this good thing. This is what I'm supposed to do, you know, and just kind of serve in a, a part-time basis. And... Um, I was folding clothes in my room, and I just, I'll never forget the Lord, he, he, I really believe he spoke to me, and uh, just the Holy Spirit does that, and it's amazing when he does. Um, I don't think he always does that, I think it's a unique thing, but um, just spoke to me and said, Robbie, I'm going to bless this business, I'm going to bless it, I'm going to make it more successful than you ever could have imagined that it would be. And I remember being like, yes, this is awesome, this is confirming God, what I thought. I thought I'm supposed to kind of lead worship and, and run, lead this business, and this is, this is kind of, this is good. And uh, the Lord told me, like, in the next breath, I'm going to bless it, but I don't want you to take any of that blessing. I don't want any of that blessing to be for you. And in fact, I actually want you to stop taking a paycheck from your company. And I remember being like, no, <laughs> like, yes, no, uh, no. But being like in this place that God had really pre-prepared me to be, to be like, I don't get it. I make 250 bucks a week right now from working at ICC, you know, leading worship on Sundays and helping organize some stuff. And all of the, my resources come from this business. And the Lord was saying, no, no like, I, I, I'm, this, I'm serious. Like, I don't want you to take any of this. And, and I want you to watch me provide. I want you to watch me call you into a new season that I've been preparing for you and you're about to begin to walk in. And I remember being like, oh, I have no idea how, God, how you're gonna do this. But God had prepared me to be in a place where I trusted him, where I was ready to begin to walk in obedience. And just like the nation of Israel here, they're poised on the edge of the Jordan River and the Lord has given them really clear instruction for how he wants them to walk into the next season. But they had to heed the Lord's instruction. Before they had to walk, they had to listen to how God had prepared them to walk, and they had to heed his instruction. A couple questions on the screen. Maybe for you this year, uh, heeding the Lord's instruction looks like starting uh, fresh with a clean heart uh, through repentance, asking God to consecrate you and set you apart. Maybe it looks like beginning for the first time a regular time of personal study and worship with the Lord. Maybe it's a a morning devotional. Maybe it's uh, just some sort of growth in the word that God is calling you to so you might know how to walk into a new season. Maybe for you, it's seeking deeper discipleship in your life. It's joining a small group or connecting one-on-one with somebody and saying, hey, would you help me to know the word in a deeper way so that I might know how to walk in the things that God has called me to? So important to seek the Lord's instruction. 
And lastly, uh, encouragement here from the scripture is to walk in God's plans with faith and obedience. Walk in God's plans with faith and obedience. And continuing on here in the passage, Joshua 14, uh, Joshua 3, 14 through 17. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now the Jordan overflows at all its banks during and throughout the harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heavy Far, or in a, in a heap, excuse me, in a heap far away at Adam, the city beside Zarethan. And those flowing down towards the Sea of Reba, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed opposite of Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Today, I think the word for us from Joshua is not only do we need to seek the Lord's direction, not only do we need to seek God's instruction, but we need to say yes and we need to walk. (laughs) Sometimes the hardest thing, oftentimes, uh, maybe you've been in this place uh, where you see maybe something God's prepared for you. It looks amazing. You know that God's given you instruction on how to even walk there, but you haven't said yes to walking. You haven't said yes in faith in obedience to walk in the things that the Lord had prepared. Verse six here says, take up the ark. This is the Lord. He says, take up the ark and pass before the people. And what did they do? You see there later in the passage we just read, they did it. In verse eight, when you come to the brink of the waters and stand still in it, and they did it. In verse 13, God says the waters will be cut off, and they were. You have to walk in the things that the Lord calls you to in order to experience all that God has prepared for you in this next season. For me, it looked like I had to stop cashing my checks. <laughs> I had to stop. I had to really he- not hear the voice of the Lord, not just say, yes, God, I'll do it. But I had to stop cashing my checks. I had to stop going to the bank and withdrawing money to be able to provide for myself. It looked like learning how to live on $250 a week and God bringing person after person to help me buy my groceries or help me do all these simple things because God had a plan. He had given me instruction and then he was faithful once I took steps of obedience to walk into it. What is God calling you today to be obedient and faithful in? God is faithful. He will deliver the things that he calls you to. Many years later, you see the nation of Israel again. This is constant battle with them. And a reminder for us is they stop seeking the direction of the Lord or they'll seek the direction of the Lord, but they'll stop listening to God's instruction and they'll fall into problems again and again and again, just like what happened previous to this story. Later on, you would see the disbursement happen. You would see part of the nation carried off to Babylon and and the, the people are again crying out to God, God, when will you return your favor here? And the prophet Jeremiah has a great word for us, and it's, it's a verse that most of us are familiar with, and you may have it memorized, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
God's calling all of us today in different ways in this next season to step out on faith and obedience. I think it's so important for us to begin to ask God, what, what is it? What is it? What is it that I'm, I, I hear? What is it that I know but I'm not saying yes to you? And the encouragement for the Lord is, is here in Jeremiah reminding us of his plans for the nation of Israel, plans that wouldn't be thwarted, plans that are similar to God's plans for our lives, that we are his people, that he's given us specific calls and tasks, and that looks a hundred different ways depending on our unique gifts and skill set. But God is calling us to something for his greater plan. And his encouragement to us is to be faithful and to live in obedience. I just want to, just in closing today, um, just ask us all maybe to just close your eyes and we're just going to spend some time with the Lord. And um, It's amazing. I mean, this passage is amazing. Literally, God stopped the Jordan River from flowing so the nation of Israel could pass over into the land that he had promised them. Yet another miracle, delivering on his direction that he had given them. They heard his instruction. Joshua was obedient to walk in it. God is calling us all to something in this next season. And I just want to encourage you, whatever that is, you know, is it, is it you need to say, God, what do I need to say yes to today to be obedient in faith? And what are the areas of my heart that need to be surrendered to walk in the things that God has prepared for me? Just as you respond to the Lord uh, this morning and as we move into a time of response I hope that God's speaking to you something specific. I know he did to me, um, beginning to give me, I think, some new direction and even some instruction on some things. Because just what is God calling you to in this next season? Is he ready to, or, you know, is God calling out to you and he's ready to move you from a place of apathy or a crisis of being? <clears throat> or is, are you in a good season, a successful season, where God's ready to call you on to something else. Whatever the Lord desires to call you into, are you in a place, you can, you can work with your own heart and ask God to work with your own heart, are you in a place where you are willing to say yes? And some of this that looks like for the first time saying yes to Jesus as our Savior, to realize that God has had a plan for you to know him from the beginning of time. That God has outlined a direction and a purpose for your life. And if you don't know him today, that you would call out to him, that you would surrender your heart to his purposes for your life, to his instruction for you, to realize that you are dead in your trespasses and sins, and yet you can be made alive in Christ Jesus. Today, if you don't know him, my encouragement is that you would call out to him and you would begin a new direction in this new year, in this new season for your life. And maybe for some of us today, we, we're on the direction that God has purposed for us, but we're not heeding his instruction. We're not calling out to him, asking God, what is it? first that, that I need to be set apart in? What is it that I need to surrender in my heart that is holding me back from fullness of surrender and obedience to you? 
God, would you show me that? Would I be consecrated in this next season? Would I be set apart for you and for your will? And for many of us, it could be, God, what is it that maybe I'm choosing today to be ignorant of the things that you're calling me to because I don't spend time in your word. I don't know you. I don't walk with you, Lord, on the regular. Lord, I I need to know your instruction. Maybe God is saying to some of us today, it's time to begin a regular time of growth and heeding the word of God. It's time to seek out greater discipleship in your life. It's time to listen to God's instruction. And then for others of us, it's just saying yes again. It's just saying yes and being willing to walk down, put our heels in the Jordan, knowing, God, that you're going before us, that you're going to part those waters, Father, and that through faith and obedience that we will be able to live in the things that you have planned for us the greater things that we could not even imagine. Lord, I think about my heart. God, I, I just, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you brought me out of that season of despair into a season, God, of joy and of growth. And then, God, you called me out of that season into another season, God, of sacrifice and of dependence, Lord, so that I would be ready, that I would be ready to walk, God, into your call on my life, Lord, to pastor and to lead, Thank you, God, for teaching me surrender and giving up so that I might know how to live in obedience and in faith. God, not my will, but your will. Lord, let that be our prayer today. God, let us seek your direction. Father, let us seek your instruction. And then, God, teach us to walk in faith and obedience in this next season. God, let us look, Lord, to Joshua's example. God, would you move us, Father, to a place of dependence and surrender and desire in this season. Just speak to us now, Lord, as we just call out to you individually. Speak to us as to what you're saying.